Welcome to the HDFS Careers Podcast, the podcast featuring informal conversations with family science majors about their professional journeys. My name is Erica Jordan. I'm super excited to be returning after a long hiatus due to several unexpected personal events and professional responsibilities. Please be aware that this episode was recorded during 2021, so some references to current events or the professional's life might be dated. Regardless, I'm sharing the interview with you because it still contains a wealth of insight and inspiration. I hope you enjoy it. Today, I'm sharing my interview with Jasmine Johnson. Jasmine earned a bachelor's degree in human development and family studies from Kent State University and a master's degree in instructional design from Western Governors University. She is currently working as a grant director for Upward Bound at Miami-Dade College Homestead. In this episode, she discusses finding HDFS and her professional experiences to date. As is true for all interviewees on this podcast, Jasmine's views are her own as a private citizen and do not reflect the views of her current, former, or future employers. Without further ado, here is her interview. Welcome to the podcast, Jasmine. Thank you so much for having me, Erica. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule um, to speak with me. I'm so excited to hear all about your story and share it with um, people across the country. Can you first tell me how you first found the field of HDFS. I know that you earned a bachelor's degree um, in human development and family studies from Kent State University, in addition to your master's in instructional design. Um, How did you first find that field of human development and family studies though? Um, I actually, when I got to Kent, I was a aeronautics major. (laughs) So um, I had wanted to study airplanes and things like that. And I think I had done a shadowing experience. It was supposed to be at another school, but um, my mom was like, no, go to Kent because it's right down the street. And I was like, "Uh, (laughs) okay, whatever. (laughs) So I ended up at Kent because it had had the aeronautics program. And so um, my full first year, I believe I was an aeronautics major. And and so um, I think I had done a shadowing experience out there and they were like, I was uh, crawling under a plane and I was like, oh, I don't want to do this with my life. Uh, and so, um, but one of the things that I did do that first year is I um, did America Reads, which is a tutoring program on campus, which is, um, and I realized that I was in a community center setting. Um, I was at, you know, the skills center in, um, I believe, Ravenna and the Boys and Girls Club, also in Ravenna. And I um, I just liked being around youth in that way. And I was like, so my thought process was like, hey, maybe maybe what I want to do down the line is um, open a community center or something that would have a place where youth can be empowered all the time. And it's just such a positive way to interact with them. And so then I started looking for majors that would allow me to do that. And that's how I ended up in HGFS. That is so cool. Yeah. So you love the aeronautics until you're like, oh, I actually have to be hands on on the ground with these planes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just it. I think it was part of the facilities I was in. Um, we were like we were like mechanic work. And I was yeah. just like, um, yeah, no, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just um, uh, I do like hands on things, but I just uh, it just wasn't sparking like passion, passion, which is why it's so important to to shadow and do things before you get too deep into um, before you get too deep into a major. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's really cool that you had this volunteer experience and that kind of opened the door to your next chapter of interest. Um, and so tell me, what was your experience like in that HDFS program, both inside the classroom and out of the classroom? Um, I really loved being an HDFS uh, major. I think that um, I love my coursework because I was youth development was my um, my concentration. And Kent, they have, you know, uh, three different concentrations. One's like case management. One's, um, I don't remember what the other one is. <laughs> I think it's uh life something uh family life family life education i think yeah i think so and then the other one is youth development which is you know um the lifespan from 2 to 18. and so as a youth development um concentration i got a lot of different um experiences one of the the really cool experiences in the youth development track is just kind of this adventure ed um thing and i just i don't know i loved it and um so i got to um, we talked about things like challenge by choice. We talked about like things that like experiential learning um, and growing through um, doing. 
And so those are some of the things that I just like, I found so positive about how you can change mindsets and, and, um, and address students. And those were some of my favorite courses uh, beyond our, like our, our, our standard um, HGFS courses, but the adventure ed um, was really, really um, impactful for me. And what and, is adventure ed? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, it's more like, uh, let's see. Let me think of how I want to describe it. So it's more like if you are going to, um, it's a lot of teamwork building. It's a lot of, um, I use the term challenge by choice. It's um, it's using activities to um, challenge participants or students or anybody to kind of think outside of themselves um, and to, uh, you know, maybe change their framework and address the um, address the world from a different way. And it's using kind of like um, sometimes it's outdoor things because there's like actually adventure courses where you can go like on a ropes course or a high ropes course or low ropes course. Um, there's team building challenges and all of that is built into adventure ed. And it could be that, hey, uh, we're going out on a backpacking trip or we're going out on um you know, we're going to go out and, and learn how to geocache or something like that. Um, but all these things are you're doing something and you're doing an activity, but you're also learning while you're doing it. And it's about not just the activity that you do, but it's about the evaluation process afterwards um, and how you debrief and how you talk through and how you make students realize that, oh, you did do something really cool. You did um, you did negotiate something awesome. And you um, and so I really, really enjoyed that part of it, especially the team building aspect. Um, the other part of adventure ed I really enjoyed was just kind of the um, this challenge that you're not competing against other people you're competing against yourself um, and so that kind of took the the um, the competitiveness of it um, it does it wasn't against other people it was against like hey if I'm going to challenge myself I want to do better than I've ever done before and and so it was, it was about self-development and growth and so those were some of the things that I really 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 liked about the adventure ed courses uh, that were part of the HGFS youth development curriculum and um, so I, I don't know I feel like I took maybe three or four of those courses within the curriculum and um, I loved every single one of them that's really neat. I think um, I've talked to a couple of people who are in the youth development track, and this is the first um, that I've heard of it. So I'm really, really interested. And so you were basically like a participant. You were not facilitating this course for children. You were a, a participant in the program. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, and it was like through some partnership through, I guess, a separate organization that worked with Kent State? No, no, no. It was through Kent. Um, Kent has a... a has an uh, an adventure department <laughs> so, oh. and i think i don't know how to uh, classify these courses um yeah. but they were they were part of my coursework um and they were in the adventure ed thing and there was a series of them great so, um one i think one was like experiential learning one was leadership or something like that and it was just they were really really cool courses that sounds um, like it. it's a cool that you got to take advantage of that um yeah. experience it sounds like a lot of fun yeah it was a lot of fun which is, is like you know if you go to a class um they were they were fun classes for sure right right and like it sounds like you know you take a lot of those lessons with you i mean i guess you do that with all courses but you know yeah you take these lessons with you through life in a different way because it is so hands-on and experiential yeah it's it, it kind of shapes your interaction framework Mm -hmm. with um with students if especially if you um in the way i use the courses now and how i've used them kind of throughout my career um in terms of you know motivating students not to be um not to be motivated by competition against each other but to be hey we're kind of beating our personal best and right. if you want to compete against somebody compete against yourself and compete against your own record and um and it's not about anybody else it's about how you did yesterday um and how we can change wh what you're doing today and it's such a, a cool framework to kind of take into um any kind of situation with a, a young person and shape them and they're because sometimes they like to compare themselves to other people yeah. and like, oh, I'm not doing this like this person is just like, this is not about what, what other people are doing. <laughs> and right. so it's such a cool, um, it, it's, it gave me such a cool toolkit to use in um, speaking and developing students. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it really helps to nurture intrinsic motivation and that's this kind of growth mindset. 
Absolutely. And, okay, so um, in addition to these very cool courses and your other um, HDFS coursework, which you also enjoyed, um, are, were you doing, what else were you doing during your college experience? Were you working at all? Were you involved in other ways on campus? Like what, what did life look like for you? Um, I was involved my freshman year. After my freshman year, I did an internship at Disney World, um, which was super cool. Right? I want to hear all about this. <laughs> and actually, it's, it's one of my favorite college experiences, honestly. Um, it was so fun. And I know, I think it also, I think all these pieces of the puzzle in terms of um, how I was basically socialized in college um, through my courses and things like that and the Disney internship impact who I am today majorly and how I how I see and view the world. Um, but Disney was another great, really, a really great experience. And um, you had to, it was a really hard work experience, meaning like you had to work hard while you were there. Um, not meaning that it was hard to work there, it wasn't. Um, but it, you had to work hard when you were there. Um, you were dealing with lots of different people you're dealing with lots of different guests um, of the the parks and you know it, if it's 90 degrees and you have a toddler having a tantrum you have some not happy parents sometimes and mm -hmm. so that are like i spent a lot of money and my my child is miserable yeah. and um you know which is like hey you know the the you have to find ways to um to make their trip worth it um, beyond just the park, because sometimes the parks are, you know, it's crowded and um, the lines are long. And so you have to, there was just little things that they would do. And there's things called like magical moments. Like if you could make a magical moment for somebody, um, if you could um, relieve their stress for a minute, if you could do something special for somebody, um, those were things that you could do in the park that they gave you kind of like autonomy to do. And um, to just to make somebody's trip so much better and um they were they were kind of an informal culture like you always called everybody by their first name um but they also had a really good investment in people in general so like all the college uh, interns got to take free classes that transferred back to kent state university um so it was part of your internship so i got to take an experiential learning class which i think was definitely um definitely uh, in line with my HDFS um, curriculum. And it was about, it was more along the adventure ed track, but um, it's about learning through experience. And I think I took a human resources management class, which is um, again, in line with more of my HDFS thing. And so those two classes um, were three credits each and I took them for free while I was uh, during my internship and they transferred back to Kent for credit. So um, that was, uh, one a huge value but then also it was just a really really fun working environment um there are there's international interns and so i got to live with different people i got to socialize with them um and i, I you know i made some really really great friends that i'm still friends with today um from all over the country all over the world actually because um, just because of the way that they structure their intern program. And so there were, um, uh, one of my roommates was from Wales and um, I didn't know Wales was a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, but I, I did, um, I did kind of, uh, but I didn't, um, had really never paid any interest uh, into like Wales as a country or as a um, part of Great Britain. And so, um, but I, I, um, I had another one from Argentina and um and then places like my other roommates from boise one was from uh dc area one was from new york one was from georgia there was just so many different um so many different groups that i got to experience and why i'm listing so many roommates is because we have different programs that come in and out so you may change roommates at some point in time gotcha um, so yeah this is so cool okay now i've got to we've got to talk more about this so it was okay. an internship <laughs> um yeah. were you in I guess you were in Florida were you in Florida? I was I was okay. in Orlando yeah. in Orlando and um so how long were you there um I, my first internship I did it for eight months and so I left in May uh -huh. after right after um my first year and so I left in May and I came back in January so I came back for the um spring semester of 
the following year. So I okay. was there from May to, to um, January and I came home in January. Okay. And what was like the application process like for you an interview process? Um, they, you know, they have recruiters on campus, right? Oh, okay. For the internship. And so you would go through and you're like, hey, there's this interest thing. And um, so I went to an interest session and then you had to do an interview on campus and then you had to um, and then you had to wait for your acceptance and placement. Mm -hmm. And so um, you could there was a lot of different tracks you could go into. I ended up being placed in merchandising mm -hmm. and um, so I worked in a store, but there was just so much to learn about people in that yeah. store just because um, because you're you're not just um, you're not just at the register you're not just at um, you're out on the floor you're you're supposed to interact with guests and things like that so um, once you got placed then you had to move down um, and you came on board and you had like orientation and things like that which they did a really good job of um, and there was like cast member only things that you could do and um, got introduced to this amazing company and met some amazing friends and um, yeah, and just had a really, really great experience for the eight months that I was there. Um, got some really, really great friends. And then I came back and I finished the spring semester and I came back the next summer. Wow. Um, I think in May. <laughs> yeah, like you do you do it again. Um, and they were like, you know, you have an opportunity to make a choice of like, hey, do you want to move to Florida? Do you want to do this? Do you want to continue here at the company? And you could, but then I was like, you know, education is really important. So I'm going to go home and finish my degree. Uh, <laughs> And then I'll look at maybe coming back for, once you do that initial internship, you can do um, a professional internship, which is more closely related to what you want to do um, in your actual career. And so um, Disney had uh, Disney Youth Education Programs, um, which are, um, that are, you know, taking groups through the park and talking to them about the educational aspects of what goes on behind the rides, like maybe the physics or um, taking them through a leadership course or things like that. And I was like, those things interest me greatly. Um, um, I've already mentioned how much the adventure ed kind of thing um, and experiential learning uh, got to me. So I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> so, um, so when I came back, I applied for that internship but um, my final summer, uh, I think the internship at, at when I was at Kent, my final, um, I graduated in like August and that internship started in mid-June. And so if I would have done that internship, I would have had to put off graduation because I wouldn't have finished my summer courses. And I was just like, yeah, um, I'm a first generation student. I graduation is super important to me and I didn't want to put it off anymore. So that was one of those places where you make a pivotal decision that changed kind of how your life trajectory flows. If I was moving back to Orlando and starting in kind of this adventure ed course, or if I was um, going to continue and do something different. And so I, I chose to finish graduation because I couldn't delay my start um, mm -hmm. until August. And so it overlapped by a little over a month. And so they just couldn't delay the start of the internship. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to finish school. I'm going to graduate. And <laughs> so um, I, I went ahead and graduated. And, um, and the opportunity to go closes after you've graduated because you have to be in school to apply for the internship. And so and I wasn't going to grad school right away. And so I, you know, started to uh, I started my career versus um, versus go and do that internship. But I've, of course, I still absolutely love the company and um, and everybody that I met there. But I did. It's one of those kind of like decision making moments that like if I would have done this, my life would have gone in a different trajectory um, career wise. And um, I'm, I have no regrets, but it was just kind of that acknowledgement that it would have happened differently. Right, right. You cannot live every version of your life yeah <laughs> like you have to I think about that a lot you know just yeah like you have to make you come to these um forks in the road and you have to make choices but like you said you got a lot of um good experience there and what a cool place to to take a human resources course from yeah I mean, no like, it was uh, really great <laughs> um and the experiential learning was was fantastic too I just both the courses were amazing um and they they were um i think they really helped me in terms of shaping how i want to approach youth development in the in the future yeah okay so tell us you you graduate yay first generation college student yeah um 
uh, walk across that stage. And so what were you planning to do right after graduation? And then what do you actually end up doing like right after graduation? Um, I actually, I, I, right after graduation, I had a job. Um, I was offered um, a position as a director of a daycare um, before I graduated, I was working that summer. I was working at, um, the adventure camp at Kent state university through the, uh, the rec center. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so before that job, um, finished and before I graduated, I was offered a full-time position as a director of a daycare in, um, Akron, Ohio. And so I did that. And, um, and that was great because you get to learn, um, kind of the childcare process and um, uh, taking on a center and kind of the rules and um, everything that you need to learn in that way. Um, but I also, I got contacted um, about six months after graduation, not even that, uh, about a position at uh, with Upward Bound. And um, an Upward Bound, there was a new Upward Bound program that um, Stark State College had written a grant for a new Upward Bound program. And um, the director of that program, I had worked for at Kent and through, with the Upper Bound Office. And I, like, I didn't even mention like what I did at, at Kent State. Uh, when, I was, <laughs> when I was at Kent, I, um, I was always a work-study student. Like I said, I'm, um, you know, I'm first-generation low-income background. Um, and I, um, I, was, I had always worked in the Upper Bound Office from the time I came back for my internship because I was um, my, I was in Upward Bound when I was in high school. And so I was in um, one of the buildings and my old Upward Bound advisor kind of walked by and she was just like, Jasmine. And I was just like, oh, hi. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know you were at Kent now because this was at the University of Akron that I did my program. And she was like, yeah. She was like, what do you, what do you do? Are you here now? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, well, you should um, come work in the Upward Bound office. And that, that became one of my work study jobs. So um, um, I was doing America Reads my first year. And then from that year on, I did, um, after I got back from my internship, I actually ended up working in the Upward Bound office for the next three years um, or two and a half years because I, I finished my program in, in in terms of equivalent semesters in uh, three and a half um, years. And so um, I ended up working in the Upward Bound office and I became a, a tutor out at um, uh, Bookdale High School and another one at, at, at Roosevelt, um, Kent Roosevelt, uh, with the Upward Bound program. And so um, I was an office assistant. I was a tutor. I worked at the YMCA. <laughs> I was like, there was a point in time I was catering. I, you know, you do all these odd jobs in college to kind of, you know, make it through and uh, things that would work around your schedule and you pick up things and piecemeal them together. Um, but uh so that advisor when i left college um i had worked for her for three and a half years and so she was like you know you would kind of be great for this position you should apply and it was to start this upper bound grant so she became the director and i became a student development coordinator um on that grant and that was um so that was about eight months after graduation that i actually ended up landing that job and i was there for um, six years and it was amazing. I loved it. It was an upper bound math science grant. Um, so I love the fact that you get to learn alongside them. You get to expose them to careers. You get to do, um, you get to wrap in everything that you kind of learn in HDFS, um, because, um, upper bound programs are not just about academic development. Um, they're about kind of holistic, making sure students are prepared for college. And um, and the population of an upper bound program is, you know, low income first generation students or potential uh, first generation students like those are the first in their family to go to college. And as a first generation student, I know that there's there's a whole lot of learning that is not academic. I was very well academically prepared for college. Um, but there were some other aspects of college that I, I wasn't as prepared for. And um, and so those are some of the things that are really, really important to um, to highlight in an upper bound program because it's not just about academic development. Right. So absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about like what your daily work was like, you know, in trying to work to meet the needs of those students. Like what was a dare I say, typical day for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, um, upper round programs kind of work in kind of seasons. Like we have like two big seasons. One is academic year and one is summer. Um, and so during the academic year, my main kind of, 
um, job was about programming. Like we had these one, uh, these big once a month Saturday sessions, we called them, that were um, geared on programming for different things. It, may, it could be a career exposure. So it could be um, that we are learning about, you know, um, careers in fuel cell technology, which was, they had it at Stark State College. And so we may be doing a, a session focused strictly on careers and how do we expose our students. Um, they, they, it could be financial literacy. We did a lot of financial literacy with like um, Junior Achievement America. Um, and um, and the um, it could be a, a field trip. We could be going to a museum. We could be going and exposing our students to something that they may not have ever done, because um, that's part of what it is. It's, it's um, cultural exposure as well, mm-hmm. um, so that when you get to, you have experiences that are similar to people that you may be interacting with. Um, and so it could be that we were going to a play or something like that. But during the academic year, my main focus was, um, one, tracking student academic progress. And so like, how are they doing in their classes? Are they, do they need tutoring? Do they need additional resources? Um, Cause we had programming twice a month, uh, twice a week with them for like, they can come over and get tutoring. Um, I did a lot of tutoring <laughs> math mm-hmm. was my, math was my um, tutoring subject that I did with them. Um, so all the high school maths and um, you know, academic progress. Hey, are you doing well in your classes? I'm following up with teachers if I need to. Uh, making sure that students are places um, and then and programming. So the uh, whatever we were doing for that specific month uh, on that Saturday, and it could change every month. Mm-hmm. And um, and then during the summer portion, we had a six week summer academy. And um, so my job for that was I was in charge of the mentor group that came in and those the mentor group was responsible for just kind of like day to day operations with students. And so they were the they were with them on campus all the time. Uh, They were responsible for student movement. Uh, They were responsible for recreation. (laughs) So uh, I did a lot of uh, recreation planning and that my HDFS background came into huge use um, uh, there with our team building and everything like that. So, um, and uh, so all of those things were part of uh, my responsibilities. And then we had a big summer trip that we had to coordinate and all that good stuff and take students out of town for a couple days, um, up to a week. And um, so those are kind of like what my responsibilities were in that um, position as a student development coordinator um, for that job. Wow. Where were y'all taking them when you went out of town? Um, so we went to Atlanta. We went to Tennessee. We went to... On like college tours or adventure tours? Yeah, for college tours. Yeah. Okay. So um, they were college and cultural. So we would do things like um, we would definitely tour colleges. Um, that was the main purpose of going. Um, but we would um, we would also put in cultural things. So we'd go to museums. We would go to... We would always have a dress-up dinner night. Um, just because, you know, dining etiquette is important. And so being able to say that, you know, I know um, how um, I know how to order. I know how to tip. I know how to <laughs> all those little things that you just, you know, um, some students may have experienced, some students may not have. Um, and then also the the trips are overall building independence. Um, they are moving away from um, being solely reliant on their parent and uh, they are being able to operate and go and um and add some experiences in so they say you know yeah i've been to Atlanta before um yes i've been to the coca-cola museum i've been to the civil rights museum i've been to you know i've been to a music museum um uh in detroit i've been to you know they're they're adding all of these experiences and learning um this you know, in museums, you learn so much, but you don't realize you're learning so right. much. Yeah, so, um, but you do, you learn a whole lot. And so you're, they're adding all this knowledge to their their bank of things that they didn't learn in school. And it's really a kind of a cool process. That sounds like it, so much fun. Um, roughly, like the size of the groups, well, they, they, were, they were high school. So the size of the groups, like roughly, how large were these groups? Um, um, we the six weeks program and then also the regular <laughs> academic year programming. Uh, yeah, so the academic year program, we serve 60 students. Okay. And so during the summer program, we probably had about 45. Okay. Um, and that, I mean, that, to go on that summer trip, you needed to have um, one behaved all summer. <laughs> 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 so, 
<laughs> that was an important one. And uh, two, you needed to have performed academically. And so gotcha. um, our academics was, it wasn't always will be a, a primary pro uh, responsibility of an upward bound program, um, just because uh, college preparation is a lot of it is academic. And so um, I'm highlighting some of the non-academic um, portions that we did, but um, a lot of the work you do in upward bound is academic. And so and so you needed to have done well academically, um, meaning like you didn't get D's and F's in your summer courses. And um, and you needed to have um, a, a decent behavior record. Right, right. <laughs> because nobody's trying to take you out of town if you don't know how to listen. Absolutely <laughs> so. not. Mm -mm. No, and then we have to come back and tell your parents. No, 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 nobody, no, no. nobody's <laughs> trying to have those kind of conversations on this trip. And so they slow the whole group down. And so those were the, the um the kind of two qualifications so we we ended up taking about 40 45 students um with us on a trip you know how many how many could fit on a motor coach um so between 30 and 45. yeah and so that's cool that that's such an amazing and uh, to be regularly interacting with and shaping 60 lives in an yeah. intensive way over the course of a year is really yeah, and an actually, amazing impact <laughs> Yeah, and, and actually in Upward Bound, you keep them until they graduate from high school. So wow. they may come in as eighth graders, they may come in as ninth graders, but um, we have 60 students, but some of those students stay in the program. Yeah. And so the only um, the only addition you get every year is you get about 15 new every year um, because those are the new class that you bring in, but you, you serve the same students for up to four years. And so... Um, so that is what you um, that is what you do. You get to see him walk across the stage and yeah. know that you, yeah, you were, you play And we facilitate all the way through the process in terms of, you know, like we help them apply to colleges, we help them fill out the FAFSA, we help them with all that stuff. Awesome. And so it, I, I can tell that you're very passionate about that role. Um, yeah. And so how did you decide, okay, like make the shift that you wanted to make a pivot and do something different? Um, I think that I had... Um, I think that I had, um, you know, you've, I've, I have been there for six years and I thought I started thinking about, Hey, I, um, I have some other roles in my life that are really important to me. And I kind of really wanted to, um, see if I could impact people on a different, um, uh, scope. And so I ended up, um, working for my church for two years after that. And so when I made the decision to leave, I was like, you know, I would really like to see if I can impact people in a different way. And I did. Um, and um, so for two years, I worked for my church um, in Cleveland. And it was a very large church and um, it was a really positive experience. And it definitely, um, I know it's one of those experiences where you have to grow a lot. Cause mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I'm used to wearing multiple hats from working in a grant because grant employees have, uh, there's, you know, only a certain amount that you um, can do. And then um, you, um, and then you like, I moved over to working for a nonprofit, which is a church and mm -hmm. um, the church, um, you had a lot of hats you had to wear and it was a very large church, but, um, but the staff compared to like membership wise wasn't as large right and so you end up wearing um a lot more hats in a lot more areas so it was a very it was a stretching season i learned i got very good at working from my phone mm -hmm. <laughs> so um i got very good at working from my phone i got very good at multitasking i got very good at details um and it was a it was a great season there in which i was um i was an executive assistant for a while um to the senior pastor and then i was the director of administration um, for a while as they uh, as well um, in the two years that I was there. Okay. And so and that was overseeing kind of our graphics department, um, all of the literature coming in and out of the church and things like that. And so um, one of the cool things about that job is that um, the senior pastor was over a network of other pastors. Mm -hmm. And so I got to interact with those and there were like, you know, three or 400 other pastors underneath him. And so um, just hosting events and things like that. So I got really good at event coordination. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and a lot of um, a communication and writing for somebody else and making sure that their voice is heard and, um, you know, little things like gra grammar, um, got really good at grammar. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, which are, you know, those are things that even though you go through 
a college degree, you still take um, how you speak um, from the time that you were young and from your, you know, family of origin and things like that. Um, you still take those, those, um, cues with you, even if you have graduated from college. And, um, and so those were some of the things that you just had to realize it was a a pruning season for that. Um, I had to do it in upper bound too. I just, there were, there were phrases I used and things like that were just like, you know, that's not the most professional or, um, or you can't write that way or, um, and so that, those are some of the things that, uh, I know for sure um that is um that was really really um beneficial to um my my future career is just kind of the 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 learning i kept doing the fine tuning <laughs> yeah the fine tuning as you you go through yeah but yeah no i concur that when you're working for a church or you know any other sort of nonprofit it seems like you do get, you know, you get a lot of experience doing lots of different things. I know that when I was in high school, I worked for my own church, like back in my hometown. And yeah, I mean, everything from learning little things about graphic design to <laughs> um, event management to everything, you have your hand in everything. Absolutely. Um, no matter what your actual role is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's really cool. I mean, there's still so many like little things every day, little shortcuts um, or, you know, little um, ways to make task easier that I, I just remember I just picked up mm-hmm. from, from work from working alongside other people at my church. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. Um, uh, so you, okay. So sounds like you enjoyed that role as well and learned mm-hmm. a whole lot. Yeah. When do you decide, okay, it's time for another shift. Like how do you make that decision? What leads you to seek additional opportunities? Um, so actually the opportunity kind of fell in my lap. I had been, um, you know, praying about like, Hey, is this where I'm supposed to be? Is that, you know, what's next? And then, um, a a contact that I had, um, I had had all through like from the time I left college, um, when I was in college, I was one of my other jobs (laughs) was nannying. And, um, and so like, I had like 6 million jobs in college, um, (laughs) lots of them at the same time. Um, but you know, working around a schedule, you have to piecemeal together enough support for yourself, um, that accommodates your college schedule because um, obviously education and graduation's the goal and um, not necessarily working being the goal. So, you know, I had a lot of piecemeal things, but one of the things I picked up was um, nannying. And um, so I had worked with our family that had um, ended up, I think my senior year, they moved out of town, they moved to Chicago. Um, But then afterwards I picked up another family and I think I started with them right after graduation. And so, um that family i had kept up with and you know always still having a full-time job always still having things but you know um i had built a relationship with them so i didn't want to um i didn't want to like sever the relationship and be like i, I have enough I'm, I'm good right now but um so i kept up with them um until i started working for the church and and then i was like you know this this role and and doing this doesn't match because i can't I can't do both of them. It's really hard Mm -hmm. um, just because of availability reasons. And so, um, but they got back in contact with me and they asked me if I would um, one, do a a three week tour with them in Europe. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah. Uh, Sign me up. up. Are they going this year? Because I'm available. (laughs) Right. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, of course I will. Like, I've never been to Europe before. uh, uh, and again, we're talking like experiences that, you know, I'm come from a low income first generation background. And I just, I, I hadn't had this, an experience like that before. And, mm-hmm. and so they asked me if I wanted to do that the next summer. And this was in like the, the previous summer. And so I was like, yeah, for sure. I, and then it was like for three weeks and I was like, oh, I got to get three weeks off work. And so I asked my boss and he was like, yeah, they're paying for it all. And I was, I was like, yeah. And he was like, no, you can't turn that down. And so I did. But then what happened after that was like, they, they came back and they were like, well, we, um, they had ended up moving to Florida. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, we've been struggling to transition here um, and we need help. And we're moving into a bigger house with another bedroom. Uh, would you come down and help us? And um, and I was just like, do you want to move to another state? <laughs> like, yeah. do you want to do this? And but the, the agreement was always that I would be able to just like before work with them and still have another full time job. And um, so I wasn't 
dedicating my life to nannying, um, even though I thought it was important and I was really connected to uh, one of the, the older child in particular, um, which the, both the children are special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, um, but I, me and the older child in particular had a really good connection. Um, and I could, you know, um, I had uh, positive results with him in a way that um, other adults in his life did not. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I was just like, you know, I've, I've always felt really tied to him in particular. And uh, so much so that he had come and he had spent uh, like a week with me over 4th of July. And then I took him to his camp in New York, his uh, special needs camp in New York. And so we did kind of like the road trip and yes. we did like 4th of July things and things like that. And so like she had sent him to me um, and I had been out to them to like, um, they live in California in the summer. And so I had gone out and, and worked with them in California when she had a conference that she wasn't gonna be around just because it's it's hard to build relationships with, um, um, with some families that have uh, specific challenges. Right. And so if you already have an established relationship, if and you're you have your person available just go with them <laughs> and right. so uh and so like i had i had done a couple of things with the family before and so i was um so i was like okay i you know thought about it for a while and i was like okay well we'll we'll do it and it's like a it was a soft landing for moving to a new, new state i had somewhere to stay i had a job kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> so and so i did you know i moved and um i lived with them for a year and a half and while i was living with them i started working at miami Day college homestead campus um and um finding the job initially was not the easiest process um i think because a lot of um a lot of the kind of entry in in Miami in particular, you need to speak Spanish and I don't. Um, and so that was kind of a hurdle, but then, you know, I did find, I found a job in TRIO, um, which is TRIO is the umbrella that, that holds upper bound. There's another program called SSS, um, which is Student Support Services that serves collegiate level students. And they were looking for somebody part-time. And I was like, this is perfect. Um, I can do hours during the day. I can still, you know, do before school and after school with the boys, this works out perfect for what I need right at this moment. And they paid well, um, even for the part-time position. And so it actually worked out really, really well that I was able to go there. Um, and then when I started, you know, um, in Miami, traffic is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, um, it's, uh, it kind of worked out for traffic um, that I was always going against traffic. And so I, I didn't have run into traffic snows, and so I can anticipate my time a lot more. And so that actually, it worked out really well um, as far as the move goes. And so um, because the, the goal was always to, to find a career and to go back into my career, I started looking back in education because I really missed it. Um, and I really missed the college setting. And so I did, I ended up working at Miami Day College in the TRIO Student Support Services office. And then um, while there, the the institution decided to write for an upward bound program. And um, I had uh, started my master's program and I helped on write that upward bound grant. And um, lo and behold, the institution got awarded. And so then it was like, hey, now we're gonna look for a director for the upper bound program. And I was like, yo, I've worked in upper bound program before, which is why I was part of the grant writing um, initiative. And um, and so I was like, when they were looking for somebody that could hit the ground running, I was um, definitely a candidate who could, and I came very highly recommended by my current director. And um, and I had been able to kind of uh, dabble in some other areas that were administrative in the grant outside of my my uh, job um, as a, what was I? Student development something. I was a student coordinator or something like that. Student program coordinator um, in that, that role where I advised the STEM students. And so it was just really, um, another way that it fell into place kind of xyz and then i ended up moving over to the director of the upward bound position so uh, it was really great that sounds like it and so what is your that's this is your current role now right yes Mm -hmm. okay and so what was it like getting that grant program started from i mean i guess kind of the ground up really i guess Mm -hmm. they already had one one trio program there but still um yeah this, this program started from the ground up and then what is your daily work like? Um, I think so um, getting a grant um, up from from uh, initial so like they they um, one is is timeline. So um, the grant 
was awarded, I think in May, um, but they, for a September one start date, mm-hmm. uh, but I wasn't hired until January. Gotcha. And so, <laughs> and this is, this is, this is common across grants and colleges because they want to make sure that the funding's in place, um, right. and everything like that before they hire a director. And then the, the hiring process at a college can take forever. And oh, I know yeah. that, um, I know for sure that one of their concerns um, was that I was young Um, and they're like, oh, she's so young. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a legal concern that you're allowed to have, but I know that it's a concern that you had. And so I know, well, age doesn't discriminate against too young. It's it's, It's it's, too old. It's too old. I know I've learned that But I was just like, yo, this (laughs) this feels wrong. I know, (laughs) I know, I know. It feels like it feels like the the law should be revised because uh, yeah I've I've actually heard a lot of yeah 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 so (laughs) I know that that was a huge concern of me taking the position like she's so young and I was just like it doesn't matter I was like you it's it's January guys I can I can do this and um, I was like I've I've launched a grant before because that was a that was one of the best things about my experience at Stark State and I was like guys that was a startup grant we built it from the ground up so we had five years um we i was there for six and so we had gone through one complete grant cycle but that 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 program had literally nothing they had uh, the director got hired um and i was the second employee to get hired on that grant and you had to start from nothing you don't have any students you don't have any connections you don't have anything yeah. um and the director she said i started with two pieces of paper and a pencil at a conference room desk. <laughs> she's like, I didn't even have an office when I started. And so you just have to start grinding. And so I was just like, I, I know what that experience is like. And um, and so that's what, when I finally got, I think that's what tipped them in the, the scale of, um, I think plus, you know, the people I had worked with before were like, no, she's really good. And <laughs> I was like, I can do the job, I promise. But the, I know that for sure the hiring manager was like, yo, she's really young. And I was like, I don't know how young I am. I was I, I, I was one of the youngest administrators at the college. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, starting from the ground up, you have to worry about um, there's an interim report that the Department of Ed asked for. And I was like, I, I brought that up and I was like, hey, this report is coming up and i was like you have no students and we've been (laughs) and i was like the college has no students that puts us in jeopardy of losing the grant um we don't have any deliverables you don't have a director you don't have anything um you haven't moved on this which means that you could lose the whole grant for five years um like you could this award could be taken away if you don't make action on this right now and so um so we got I, i started and i got moving and so um there's two priorities when you're starting a grant it's one hiring other staff and two getting your students and so um i did everything i need to do to start the hiring process for everybody else i got a student assistant that i got from you know work study (laughs) that i was like they're not on our budget which is like not helping with the budgetary issues because you in a grant you have to spend the money um but it um i got somebody that i could work with really quickly through um um through work study and that person I, I knew from my other position on campus. And um, and then I started the hiring process for the other positions. And so I posted all the positions and then I started on students. Um, while that's working in the background, I started on students and was like, hey, how could I get out to the high school? How could I do initial um, you know, recruitment and things like that? And so we were able to, by March, um, get our initial batch of 30 students. And then I also got the other um, uh, an enrollment specialist on and an admin on. Um, they both started in March. And so everybody started in March. <laughs> so, and, um, and so from there, we started programming. Um, we put together a summer program. And um, according to like grant regulations, you don't have to do a summer program your first year. But the other thing you want to think about is that you also have to expend your whole first year budget. Um, and we we had no employees for six months and we had um, we had no programming for six months. And so there's a lot left. And so you wanna, I, want, I had the summer program just so I can expend some funds because I don't wanna get in trouble for not spending money. Um, and so um, we, we ramped up a, six, uh, a summer program. We hired instructors, which turned out to be really 
freaking difficult. <laughs> so uh, just because there's like, you know, how the college hires instructors are not meant to be temporary. And I needed six week employees. And so it was, it was just, um, it was, it was complicated. And so you're, you're kind of learning a lot. You're navigating um, a lot of different environments and, um, and you're kind of doing what you have to do to make sure it gets done. And so that first summer I, I had somebody, I had two people the week before um, withdrawal. And I was just like, I need professors to run these classes because the students come in on Monday. So you're making busing contracts, you're making all this, all these things. Um, and so, um, you know, hired people um, way faster than our HR would really like. Um, maybe got a slap on the wrist for that, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but Sometimes you do have to you, ask, you, ask yeah, for forgiveness. You, you <laughs> ask for forgiveness. And it was just like, listen, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and this is how we're going to do this. Yeah. And, uh, but no, it, it worked out. We got, um, we did our six week summer program um, in June. And uh, we got to our 60 students by recruiting eighth graders for that summer program as well. And we took them that first summer to New York wow. um, for a full week um, because one, it needed to be an expensive trip. I needed to spend money. <laughs> <laughs> It needed to be expensive. Uh, and and I also wanted to do kind of like, this is what Upper Bound can be for you. Yes. Um, and and take a lot of students that had not, some of them hadn't even gone to Miami because we were in Homestead, which yeah. is about a half an hour south. And some of the, our students hadn't even gone to Miami, and which is only half an hour away. And uh, and so it was, uh, it was, it was such an eye-opening experience for them. And so um, you get to do that big wow with them and, and get, you know, buy-in for that, hey, we're in this for four years together. Right, and so, right. um, and that's been, uh, and then, you know, we get to our academic year and we're setting that up for the first time. We're trying like, hey, do we want to do tutoring? Um, and it's not really the first time because we did academic year services the, the prior year, mm -hmm. but we, you know, we hired a tutoring company versus doing tutoring ourselves. We, so we tried a lot of different things um, that first summer, I mean, that first year. And then um, I think, I feel like since then we've just been fine tuning and, um, and as we get better, we, you know, try to, um, make better products for our students and better, um, engagements. And so I think that, um, our summers have looked different every single summer. And I think that they are getting better though. I think that they are, um, we've introduced project-based learning. We've introduced, you know, professional development goals. We've introduced so many different things for our students that are keeping them engaged. And it's been a pretty amazing process. It sounds like, it sounds like so much fun. It sounds like a ton, a ton of work. And as you're saying this, like, yeah, anybody who's listening to this, who's ever been involved on any sort of grant project, especially with a state funded <laughs> kind of, or like it, you know, any mm -hmm. sort of government funded, uh, well, I guess it's a federally funded program, but then yeah. the state funded institution, I, I know at least in my previous case, you're right. There's all this, all this red tape that you run into and you got to do, you have to get be into the details, like arranging bus contracts, you know? And so, yeah. so many little details um, that you have to keep in place. Mm -hmm. um, you have to, you know, maintain compliance or you risk the funding or you risk, you know, having, you know, you, of course you wouldn't want any sort of safety issue dealing with children. So, um, yeah, it, it took somebody who had a strong desire to really hit the ground running. And I'm glad you were able to convince them that that was you. They needed somebody who, <laughs> who had the time and who had the energy and who, who had the knowledge and, and you had it all. Um, and you were able to, it's amazing what you were able to do in only six months. I mean, to go from, they basically had no staff to, <laughs> to <laughs> taking a group of students across the country is um, an amazing accomplishment. <laughs> Thank you. And then, lessons were learned though. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Lessons are always learned. I'm sure many were, were learned during that fast track process, but to, like, yeah, what a way to start it off with a bang because you really are that New York trip. For a lot of those students, you know, it's, it's going to be, oh, you know, impactful, you know, in kind of a life altering way. But then it's also, um, it's such a unique experience that it's really going to bond the group together um, as mm -hmm. they go throughout these next four years together. So that's just amazing. Yeah. Um, and so uh, now, so you all are wrapping up your first year in the program now? Uh, no, we actually just wrapped up our fourth year. Oh, okay. And so, so now you here you are with the fourth year now. 
yeah so we just we actually just graduated those group that initially came in that first summer wow and so they were the first group that go went all the way through and so they just graduated this past spring and then um the students that were eighth graders that first summer they're seniors this summer and so um so it's been it's been an amazing process <laughs> to get to see them all the way through yeah, I bet. That is so amazing. So mm -hmm. neat. Um, what a success story. Um, and then, yes, you've gained so much professional experience along the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there, there's um, one of the really cool things that we got to learn um, off that New York trip is um, that it's so important to kind of um, build your culture mm -hmm. and be intentional about it. And so I think that um, in New York, I, I ended up, um, you know, you go all out for your students. And then I realized that a lot of my students didn't appreciate it um, while oh. we were on the trip. And I was just like, y'all have lost your mind. And like, <laughs> what do you mean? You know, like, it was just, I was just like, you, you've got to be kidding me. Um, and um, they were, there was, they were complaining. And I was like, guys, this trip cost me thousands of dollars, yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, and you guys have got to do things that, um, that if you look around, there's not a whole lot of kids that look like you that are doing these experiences. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we're, we're taking you into places that are, we want you to experience um, because it provides an opportunity for you to experience things that other people get to. And so we got to do a Broadway show. We got to do Top of the Rock. We got to do Central Park. We got to do UN and things like that. And I'm like, wow. these are crazy cool experiences that some of the adults in the group had never experienced, right? right. Um, and so it's like, you got to, we went to all these colleges in New York and there's like, and yes, there were irritations. There were things that we got to, um, we had to ride the subway at one point in time because uh, a bus in contract and the bus was like, I'm out of hours. And I was like, what do you mean you're out of hours? I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a, you know, bus full of kids. What am I supposed to do? And so we ended up having to get on the subway and, uh, the subway station we went to was not air, air conditioned. And it was just like, oh my gosh, it's hot down here. And, um, and we were at vending machines trying to buy these bus tickets <laughs> and like, wow. I mean, the subway tickets. And so there's just, there were, there were irritations to it, but then it was also just like, you know, um, kind of the things that I didn't address and I kept sweeping under the rub from the summer kind of exploded on this trip. And, um, and so when we got back, um, I, you know, we were able to have a conversation about what upper bound is and what our culture is. And so, um, and so that actually helped shape the next four years, but that experience taught me so much in terms of addressing culture in your program and addressing, um, that, you know, culture is designed and I, at my church says it this way, uh, culture either happens by design or default. Mm. And, um, and I was like, we need to design ours. And, um, and so what I want the students to experience, I want them to be in the mindset to experience it. I don't want them to be in the mindset of home or the mindset of complaining. I want them to be in the mindset to take in everything that they get to experience. And so, and that starts before you get on a trip. And so um, from that point on, we, you know, we did some things called necessary non-negotiables. Like these are the necessary non-negotiables of our program. One, we're academic first. And so that is never a conversation of why we're doing academic things because we're an academics first program. Um, we practice respects, you know, we, um, we never stop growing and exploring. Those are some of the things that key statements of ours that we kind of reinforce throughout um, mm -hmm. that helps shape mindset. And so then we get to deliberate decisions that we made and these, um, and that was like one, you're either in or out. So it's just like, hey, make a choice. Do you want to be here? Um, if you want to be here, let's go. This is, this is what it is to be in the upper bound program. If you don't, that's okay. Well, well, um, this is an opportunity and this opportunity can be provided to somebody else if you don't want to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And, and so those are kind of like conversations that we had, um, like bring the energy, bring positive energy, talking about, you know, how, Hey, your mindset and your, and your comments they don't necessarily just pertain to you, but your comment, um, especially your negative comment can 
poison somebody else's experience that was having a good time. Right. And then they did start thinking about it in a negative way once you made that comment, but, but they weren't until you said something. So it's just like, you know, being careful of those things. And so those are, you know, the learning lessons that you learn about shaping a culture of not just your students, but your staff too. And so these are things that um, we had these conversations with um, our staff. And, um, and so we were able to say, um, hey, what what do we want our, our necessary non-negotiables to be? What do we want our delivered decisions to be? And then from that point, we've never had um, the level of complaining or anything like that we've had in our subsequent trips. Um, mm. Our students were in much better mindset because we started early and we started with a um, design and in process to be able to make sure that they can experience everything that we're offering in a great way. And so it was just kind of a leadership thing that I, I kind of learned. And it was it was really, really impactful um, and how we shape the culture of our program so that we can do really awesome things together. And I told them, I was like, guys, I love to do opportunities with you. I was like, but I will never. <laughs> I will never do that again. And I was like, I will not spend that amount of money and then come back to complaining kids and uh, and not even just complaining, but borderline disrespectful mm -hmm. um, for some of the kids. And I was just like, that is, it's not acceptable. And it's not something that we're going to do in this program. And so, you know, just being able to have those conversations and being frank with them and just be like, I love to do this, but this requires a trust relationship. Right. Um, and it requires us to all put our, in our parts. And I was like, this is what we are and this is who we are. And, um, and you know, make the decision of if, if this is something you can get in with, if it is, let's go. We're going to run. We're going to do things like we've gone to Alaska with them. We've gone to, um, wow. uh, so we went to Washington, D.C. with them. Uh, we've done a bunch of other experiences. I mean, the last two years, COVID has canceled all of our trips. Yeah. Um, but we we did Atlanta with them. Uh, but there's been so many opportunities. It's just like, I love, I love it. It was something I loved about being in Upper Bound, just the opportunities to travel. And it's not something I'll ever take away from my students. But I was like, but the, 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 um, the trade-off for that is that we have to do it in a way that that works and is respectful for everyone. And so, um, but our students have been able to grow greatly from it. Um, and not just in how they approach our trips and things like that, but how they approach academics and every opportunity we put in front of them. That is great um, information. I mean, thanks so much for sharing that insight um, because it's, it's helpful for um, people who are hearing this, you know, kind of thinking about either their current roles or roles that they want to pursue just to know, hey, it's not always easy, first of all, um, like you are going to go through some challenges and like that was a big challenge for you professionally that you overcame, you know, you, you sort of directly addressed it and uh, reflected on, hey, what do I need to do in order to shift this culture? Um, and you were able to, you know, turn the culture around in the group. And then it's, you know, also a great learning experience and development experience for the students as well to receive that feedback. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, so much um, great inspiration in that story there. Um, so is there anything else um, that you want to share that I didn't ask? And then what, uh, what advice do you have for students or new professionals who you know, who are just out there, <laughs> or maybe yeah. interested in your field, or even if they're not, just what advice do you have? Um, yeah, so I think that um, one of the, the things or one of the great lessons I've learned um, about the HDFS field is that um, to look beyond what you think is a HDFS <laughs> and to, um, and I didn't really think about Upward Bound being HDFS, but I feel like it fits so well into what I was taught. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like it is part of my field. I feel like um, uh, working for a grant, working in higher ed is a great way to utilize your degree. Um, and and I do impact part of youth development was part of what I did. Um, and that was what my concentration is. And I and that is what I'm a part of. I'm a part of youth development. Um, and I think that that is something that I wasn't looking for. But there's so many different ways in which you can utilize your degree. Yeah. Um, in HDFS. And so and you get to add value to um, a room that doesn't necessarily see things from your framework and um, and it adds value to any conversation that you're in. 
Absolutely. And so I think that that is kind of um, my advice to students is just like um, broadening your horizons when looking. Um, definitely consider higher education. Um, consider um, consider grant programs, especially like Upward Bound or TRIO or um, uh, TRIOs like Student Support Services, um, EOC, which is Educational Opportunity Centers, Veterans Upper Bound, Upper Bound, Upper Bound of Science. So <laughs> there's all these, there's this whole slate of um, TRIO programs and they they are a perfect fit for an HDFS grad. Um, and you get to do such amazing work with students, no matter what the field um, or what program you go into. I think the other thing is just that, you know, that learning doesn't stop at college, obviously. Um, I've learned a ton since I graduated. Yeah. And, um, and, and um, you know, formal education is amazing, but make the, make the most of your informal education and your professional development and everything else that you get to experience and, and fold that into kind of your toolkit of, um, of making you a, a great professional. That's great advice. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your wisdom. Oh, it's so inspirational. Um, I know that students out there and, and professionals as well are, are going to look forward or are going to enjoy it when they hear it. Um, I just really appreciate your time. All right. Well, thank you so much, Erica, for inviting me. And thank you for being interested in, uh, yes. <laughs> in my story. And it's like, fascinating. Oh, yeah. It's been a really cool journey. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the HDFS Careers Podcast. If you have recommendations for HDFS or other family science alumni to interview, please reach out to me at hdfscareers.com. Don't worry if they're not working in a job that would normally be considered in the field. I'm interested in hearing a variety of stories, especially if they are working outside of academia. If you like this podcast and want other people to be able to find it, please rate it and review it in iTunes or share it on social media. Until next time, keep exploring your future possibilities.